Welcome back to the Fueled and Well podcast. Today's episode is going to be short and sweet because what I want to get across to you is why getting your period back as soon as you can is so important, even if you have no plans to get pregnant anytime soon. Remember that this does not constitute as medical advice and is for educational and informational purposes only. Now let's get started. Before we jump in, apologies in advance for what is probably a less than lovely listening experience with my voice. I've just got a sore throat and a little bit of congestion, so we're just going to roll with it because I really wanted to get this information out to you, but we are going to keep it short and sweet so that you can learn what you need and move on with your day and so I can rest my voice. So first, I want to start off with something that I hear from clients a lot, which is this idea that whether it came from their doctor or a coach or a friend, that missing their period is normal. It's not really something to worry about, especially if you don't want to get pregnant right now. Isn't it just more convenient that you don't have it? It's not a big deal, right? We hear that type of story a lot. And so a lot of times women will reach out to me to work together only after they've seen some of my content that shows them not getting your period is a problem, right? Because up until then, maybe they haven't seen that perspective or that information. So I am here first and foremost to tell you that if you are a female of reproductive age, and you don't have any other medical conditions that are negatively impacting your period, if you're not getting your cycle regularly, that is not normal. That is a sign that something somewhere is off. And instead of spending a bunch of time today on what those reasons might be, which I think we've done before and we'll do again at some point, I want to speak to the consequences of not having your period, even if you're not at that stage of life, or maybe you're never interested in getting pregnant. And so it almost feels like having it doesn't matter, right? But in reality, it does. So let's talk quickly about the long-term health consequences first, because I think those are the ones that are maybe less exciting, but also really important to understand. And then we'll talk a bit more about the short term as well. So long-term health consequences of consistent missing cycles are all largely going to be related to low estrogen levels. That's where most of these concerns can get traced back to. So the first one is going to be brittle bones. Without adequate estrogen, you are going to have higher rates of bone breakdown and slower rates of bone formation. Even if you are taking a calcium and vitamin D supplement and your strength training and this and that, even if you're doing all of these other things lifestyle-wise that support healthy bones, you are really unlikely to be able to gain any bone mass while your periods are missing. You might be able to mitigate bone loss to an extent, but you're not going to increase your bone density if your estrogen is low. In fact, the rate of bone loss in women with HA has been shown to be very similar, almost indistinguishable from women who are postmenopausal, which is a really different stage of life than you're likely in. 
And so to already have bone health and bone activity indicative of that phase of life is really problematic. But the good thing here is that gains in bone density, bone strength have been shown to be possible even into your 40s and 50s. Now, obviously your peak bone building years are much younger, but it's certainly not too late to flip the script on this. You will be able to improve your bone density again, but it does require restoring your hormones and having an adequate calorie intake at the bare minimum, and it might require some other changes too. So getting your period back, obviously, is like that really critical foundational big step, but absolutely you can restore your bone health and correct for some of that lost time to an extent. And then the other two long-term health consequences are kind of connected to each other. So I'm going to put them together, but higher risk of both heart disease and various cognitive diseases. And again, low estrogen is the, the big player here. There are not a lot of long-term studies that directly connect hypothalamic amenorrhea with heart disease and cognitive disease because that's a really, really hard thing to study in a vacuum. But we do know a lot about the mechanisms of low estrogen in the body and how it affects things like your blood vessels and blood flow and all of that stuff. And there are, when we look back, women with a history of hormonal disturbances do tend to have higher rates of different cardiac events and cognitive related events. So there's definitely connections here and we understand like how it all kind of plays together. There's just not hard and fast evidence yet. But what we do see is that that low estrogen level puts you at a higher risk for having poor elasticity of your blood vessels, which can increase your risk, obviously, of various types of cardiac events like poor blood flow to the brain. Estrogen also helps build new nerve connections, prevent nerve cell death, and helps manage inflammation specifically in the nerve cells in the brain. So there's a lot of different connection pieces between adequate estrogen and being really supportive of heart and brain health. So what does all of that mean when it comes to long-term health consequences? That means even if you have no plans to get pregnant in the near or distant future, if you don't currently have menstrual cycles, there are things that long-term you are going to have to face from a health standpoint if you don't address these missing cycles. If you are not ready, basically, for recovery, right? If you're like, I cannot wrap my head around gaining weight yet, or I'm deep in eating disorder treatment and there is just no way that I can take on like recovering my cycles in addition to maybe like the mental health work I'm doing and all of that. There is some support to show that hormone replacement therapy and birth control and things like that can help offset some of the long-term issues related to low estrogen but to truly get the best long-term outcomes when it comes to these health risks, legitimate, true recovery of cycles and of your relationship with food and body is 100% going to be your best option. In the short term, there are some medical things you can do to kind of offset these risks though. So just some things to think about. Again, this podcast is not meant to be medical advice, but just to give you an idea of what your options might be or what those long-term outlooks might be. 
And then in the short term, and this is probably stuff that feels a little bit closer to home and I wanted to spend some time here because this is the stuff that I find creates a little bit more of a vicious cycle with our HA and keeps us stuck. So I'm going to quickly list them off and then we'll talk about a couple of them. So even if you do not care, again, about getting pregnant, about having a period because of kind of the fertility side of things, in the short term, consistently missing your period is going to be either creating or connected to all of these different concerns, such as you feel cold all the time. You have delayed reaction times and slowed cognition. You likely have lower sex drive. There's probably a disconnect or an absence of hunger and fullness hormones, which can make knowing how to eat enough really confusing. Poor gut health in general is really common with HA. There's also a pretty strong association with HA and anxiety, depressive symptoms, and higher rates of mood disorders. And if you're active or an athlete, you're also looking at things like increased injury risks, including from stress fractures, blunted training adaptations, suboptimal recovery capacity, and overall just a decrease in performance. Now, the tricky part about a lot of these short-term effects is they can put us in a bit of a vicious cycle with our under-eating or over-exercising and thus exacerbate HA. So I want to give you a quick example. I see a lot of women come to me with missing periods and also gut health concerns. And when we talk about which one started first, sometimes it's kind of hard to remember. Sometimes they've both been going on for a long time. But what ends up happening for most of us is we have been in this low energy availability state for a long time. And that is part of why our periods are missing, but it's also part of why we have bloating and constipation and why every time we eat, we feel like it's just so hard to digest and everything sits in our stomach and we get full so fast. And because of that poor gut health, which can be due to inadequate energy intake, so just like not enough energy for your body total, or potentially some links to inflammation or something having to do more with the hormonal side of that body system. There's so many reasons that your gut health might be off in HA. But regardless of the primary driver of that gut health issue, what happens is when we feel that way, right? Like it sucks to feel that way. Of course, we're not going to eat often enough or enough total throughout the day to improve our hormonal health and to make our body feel safe enough to cycle so that it can then rebalance all of these things that are happening. And so we stay stuck in this cycle of, I'm not getting my period, also my digestion sucks, therefore it's really hard for me to eat enough, and so I'm not getting my period, right? And that kind of vicious cycle can be seen in a lot of these different short-term health consequences. And the tricky thing about all of these shorter term health consequences is a lot of times we don't notice how interconnected all of these signs are. And so we are just kind of grasping at straws and working on things that don't matter. So in to stay in that digestion example, 
a lot of times, instead of women who I work with saying, well, when my digestion first started acting up, you know, I, I thought maybe this is connected to not getting my period. And so then I started working on exercising less, stress management, eating more to get my period back and my gut health issues resolved. That's not typically the story that I hear. Typically, I hear something like, I went to this you know, functional doctor or I did all these allergy tests or I sent in like an Everly Well saliva kit for food sensitivities. And so now I don't eat gluten and I'm, you know, like low dairy. It's hard to cut it all out, but most of it I cut out and I eat a ton of raw vegetables and I drink kombucha and I take digestive enzymes, right? We go down this like whole rabbit hole of things that are honestly just distracting us from the much simpler but also scarier picture of I might have to eat more and exercise less and deal with my stress and potentially put on some weight, right? Because that path is less glamorized. It's like much cooler to be on like a restrictive diet for gut health and be taking all these supplements and be sharing about all these cool products that you eat to support your digestion. That is so much shinier and more exciting and more more likely to be cheered on if we're doing something like that compared to I'm going to restore those 10 pounds of weight that I lost when I crash dieted and get my mind right around food and repair my relationship with food and body. And I'm going to eat in a way that's more balanced and normal and not so restrictive and clean. Like most people aren't cheering for us on, on that side of the journey unless they've been through it too, right? So that alone that I just highlighted right there is how one of these short-term consequences of HA can get us stuck in a cycle where we don't recover, right? That was just gut health concerns alone and kind of just a broad strokes version of the gut health concern, never mind some of the more specific things that I see. So if any of that resonates with you, I just want to take a second and shed some light on the fact that the short-term consequences and symptoms and complications that come with HA can make it really hard to, one, see the road to recovery clearly, and two, make it a path that is easy to walk down. However, there is a way to recover and you can avoid or start to negate those long-term health consequences the sooner you recover. And even if getting pregnant is not in your five-year plan or in your plan at all, there are so many other reasons to address your missing periods. So that being said, if you're like, okay, I didn't know about all this. Maybe I knew about one or two of these things, but I didn't realize it was such a like big systemic all-encompassing problem to be missing my cycles, what do I do? Fantastic. I have some resources for you. We will link a few of our most popular period recovery episodes in the show notes so that you can dive into a couple of those and get the ball rolling. But in particular, I would say episode number 24, the five daily habits you need to be doing for HA recovery and episode 20, Are You Hindering Your Own HA Recovery, are two really great places to start. And if you are wanting more hands-on support, 
we go through all of the things that you need to know from both a physical health perspective, mental health and mindset perspective, and more in my 12-week group coaching program, Period Recovery Breakthrough. If you are listening to this episode in May or early June of 2023, we are currently enrolling for the waitlist for the next round. The next round starts in July and you will be able to enroll as early as early June if you are on the waitlist. The waitlist does not require you to join or come with any strings attached. It is simply your way of saying, hey, I'm interested so that when we open the doors, you are the first to know about discounts and exclusive offers and you can secure your spot early if it's sounding good to you. In the meantime, if there are any other questions you have about HA recovery or making peace with food and body, overcoming years of food stress and clean eating and exercise obsession, I would love to hear from you. We will link our Instagram in the show notes so that you can reach out. We do Q&A episodes here and there, which I really, really love. So if there's anything I can answer for you on a future episode, please reach out and let me know. If you are feeling stuck in your HA recovery journey right now, please consider applying to the next round of period recovery breakthrough. Again, the wait list comes with no obligation. It is simply a way to get you the best deals on our programs and get you that information earlier than the public. So the application for that will be in the show notes as well. Hopefully I will be back next week with an episode that sounds a little bit less like Phoebe in Friends when she gets sick and then actually likes her performing voice better. I do not like this voice better and I doubt you do either. (laughs) But in the meantime, please reach out on Instagram if there is anything I can do to help or if you have any requests for future content, future episodes. Thanks for listening and I will see you next week.